Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. You know, when this pandemic started a few months ago, our team encouraged me to preach every week because they thought it'd be good to have just consistency. And of course, a lot of them were filmed in our bedroom at home when we were doing church from home. But because of that, I have preached 23 Sundays in a row, which is more than usual. You do not have to clap for that, but thank you. Thanks for the pity clap. Um, I'm excited to let you know my wife and I and our kids, we're leaving town tomorrow to go visit family up in Pennsylvania. We're thankful we're able to still do the trip. But next Sunday, you guys have the honor and the privilege to hear Heather Houlet, one of our new Celebrate Recovery ministers, preach. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I want you guys, if you're meeting in person right now, show up. If you're online, make sure you guys show up. Or if you come to first service, whatever it is, show up and support Heather. And then the Sunday right after that, we have a friend of mine and a friend of uh, much of our staff named Curtis Zachary, for short at CZ. Uh, he's a pastor. He's connected to Church of the City, but he travels and he speaks. He has a book out called Soul Rest, and he's going to talk about the promise of rest. And then the Sunday right after that, we'll be back, but me and our pastor emeritus, Pastor Duncan, are going to have a conversation-style sermon for the whole church, and it's going to be really awesome. So we have an exciting three weeks ahead. I want to let you know that uh, Miss Diane Duncan, uh, Pastor Duncan's wife, she's been away much of this year with their new grandkids in Oklahoma. She sends her greetings from there. So much of our church family is scattered. There's people watching online, but we are still the church family. And let me just encourage you guys, engage with people, fight to stay connected however you can. We're praying through what this fall will look like for Graceland youth, for Graceland kids, for community groups, for Graceland seniors, and all these various ministries that we want to get uh, back up and rolling again. So you'll be getting more details in the coming weeks about all of that. Now, by show of hands, kids included, look at me, kids. How many in here have ever gotten a filling in your tooth to fill a cavity? Adults too, how many? Is there anybody here that has never had a filling in their life? Let me see your hand. I dislike you, I dislike you, I dislike you. Do you take care of your teeth still? Because my, my little brother, all growing up, he took horrible care of his teeth and he never got cavities. Josh, if you're watching, I'm gonna beat you up later when I see you next week. He never got cavities. I took care of my teeth so much and I got cavities all the time. And sadly, all three of my daughters have already had cavities and fillings. Apparently they got it genetically from me. And Novi and Nessa got fillings just this past week. And the way they're doing dentist visits now is you got to sit there in your car and the nurse comes out and gets you when it's time to bring one of them in. The parent isn't even really supposed to go in. So Novi was in there getting her filling and me and Nessa were still in the car. And Nessa wanted to look at the fillings in my teeth. This is my four and a half year old right here. And so I was showing her my fillings and she was like, why do they look metal? And why are they silver? And I said, oh, that's how they used to do fillings because now all the fillings are white that the kids are getting. So you can't see them. And she said, oh my goodness, I'm glad I don't live in the olden days and had to get silver fillings in my mouth. And I was like, yeah. And then she continued to elaborate. There was no YouTube in the olden days. You had to get silver fillings in the olden days. Then she said, there were no cars in the olden days. There were no planes in the olden days. And then she said, you guys had to walk everywhere. You must have been exhausted. And it was hilarious. In the 1900s, it just sounds like the, it's like ancient history to these kids. It made me reflect, though, on how much has changed in our world over the last hundred years. 
And then it made me reflect about how much has changed just in 2020, just in these six months, we're seeing so many things change in our lives and in our world. And I wanna preach a sermon today called, What Do We Do When Things Are Changing So Quickly Like They're Changing Right Now? And there's a simple two-word answer, it's stay faithful. But it begs the question, and I've been asking myself this a lot, what does faithfulness look like for me right now? I want to encourage you to ask that of yourself and also us as a church. What does faithfulness look like for us as a church family right now? And there's a great parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25. I'm going to read just one excerpt from it in verse 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And there's this theme all throughout scripture that we, what we are called to do and what success for us as followers of Jesus looks like is faithfulness to Christ. A friend of mine has a book coming out this week and he said, the joy and satisfaction that come from being faithful to Christ will always be richer than the mere ease that comes from drifting along the cultural current. His name is John Tyson. So things are changing in our world. Culture is moving all over the place. But what we are called to do is be faithful to Christ. And we're going to quickly look through 10 ways to be faithful based on the life of Peter. It's going to be kind of a narrative from the beginning to the end with Peter. And then I'm going to share at the end my personal grid on how to think through what it means for me to be faithful. And I'm going to encourage you to think about it. And let me clarify right at the top, faithful does not mean perfect. Peter had a big heart and a loud mouth, and he was far from perfect, yet his life is counted as faithful. So it starts with his first encounter with Jesus in Luke chapter 5. And rather than read through all these scriptures, I'm going to read little excerpts, and I'm going to share stories with you for the sake of time. But Peter was out fishing, which was his vocation, and he wasn't catching anything. Jesus came along, and there was a crowd that gathered, and Jesus said, let me use your boat to preach a sermon so he could stand out on the water. He didn't call it a sermon, but he then talked about the kingdom of God for all the people. And then he told Peter to go back out and fish some more. Peter caught tons of fish. And then we pick up in verse 10, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. By the way, Simon is Peter. It's before his name was changed. From now on, you will fish for men. And when they came to land with their boats, they left everything and followed Jesus. So number one in your notes, sometimes faithfulness is receiving new direction from Jesus. In the case of Simon Peter, he received new direction for his entire life. And you might be in that place right now. You might be watching online. And when you encounter the person of Jesus, he may change the entire direction of your life. Jesus also changed the direction of Peter's resources. He had a boat and immediately Jesus said, can I use that boat? And God is interested in using what he has blessed us with for his kingdom. It could also be a change in direction of strategy. Think about it. Peter was the professional and had done everything he could to catch fish and didn't catch anything that day. Jesus said, go back out. And all of a sudden, Peter caught tons of fish because it was at the command of Jesus. These are all shifts in direction that God calls us to be faithful to. Later down the line in the relationship between Peter and Jesus, the disciples are in a boat and all of a sudden they see Jesus walking on water. How many of you kids remember that story that Jesus walked on water and Peter said, Jesus, can I come out to you? And Peter went out on the water and at first he took a few steps, but then he got afraid and saw the wind and waves. And in Matthew 14, it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid 
and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Number two, sometimes faithfulness is crying out to be rescued as you are sinking. Look at me for a second. Sometimes the reality of our lives is that we are sinking and it is okay to be not okay. And what faithfulness faithfulness looks like in those moments is crying out to Jesus to save us. And you may find yourself there this morning. Reading on, Jesus starts sharing the incredible plan of salvation with Peter and the disciples. He just gets finished telling them all about how he had to suffer and he was going to go to the cross, and Peter tries to talk him out of it. And in verse 33, read what it says. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, and he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Number three, sometimes faithfulness is being rebuked by Jesus and continuing to follow him. Now, pay attention for a second. I know it's a lot of content today, but you will not always understand what God is doing. You will not always understand why he is doing what he is doing. And faithfulness is oftentimes willingness to be corrected by Jesus and then continue to follow. You may even feel like you're being confronted by Jesus today and faithfulness for you looks like receiving that and continuing to follow. Connected to point number three, we go right into point four. When Jesus is being arrested, Peter, the same guy, gets upset, pulls out his sword, and cuts off the ear of one of the guys arresting Jesus. And look what Jesus says in verse 52. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? Number four, sometimes faithfulness is trusting God's plan more than your interpretation of God's plan. So for some of us, that means Jesus might be saying, put away your sword. It's easy for us to misunderstand God's plan, think think our fight is with some person out there, and metaphorically try to cut off their ear. And Jesus is saying, calm down, I'm doing something here. You can put your sword away. You have to remember, Peter and the disciples thought that Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. He thought he was, he was in, a milita- in a militaristic and political sense, he was gonna take over and cause the new kingdom to come. Instead, Jesus was saying, I'm gonna be arrested and killed, but I'm gonna arise again. It's this subversive underground kingdom that rises up from the ground. Peter and the disciples didn't understand it. And just a quick note in this political year, you guys know things are ramping out of control in politics. And probably most of us here believe that America has the best form of governance in the world or maybe in history, but our allegiance is to a different kingdom. And if anyone here were to ask me where I am on specific issues, what I'm gonna say is I will talk about the politics of the kingdom. Our trust is in God and in his plan. And there are things that sometimes we think God is gonna do on the political realm or in the sense of our nation or world, but God might be saying, I'm doing something else. And our interpretation of his plan might be different. So I, for one, humble myself with the disciples and say, I don't know that I fully understand my interpretation of God's plan, so I trust his plan more. And then if you read in the story, All hell breaks loose. Jesus gets arrested. He's going to be crucified on the cross. And Peter totally fails. And in despair and fear and in terror, he denies Jesus three times. 
So everything hits the fan, and now he is publicly denying Christ. And then as you know the story, Jesus dies, he is raised from the dead, and now he's sitting with Peter again, who feels like a total failure around a fireside. And he says, when they're, he says to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yes, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And pay attention to this. What Jesus is doing there is he is reinstating Peter. He's reminding Peter, I forgive you from your failure and my call is still upon your life. So number five, sometimes faithfulness is accepting God's forgiveness. John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then it gets even crazier. Right after Jesus reinstates Peter, it's this amazing moment. Peter, he he prophesies about how Peter would die, that Peter would be crucified just like Jesus. And it's this powerful moment. And Peter immediately in John 21, 21 says, when he saw John, another disciple, he asked Jesus, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. So number six, sometimes faithfulness is letting go of comparisons. I was thinking in both services today, as Rochelle and Randy were leading us, they both have such wonderful voices. And I've been a worship leader for a lot of years, but I cannot sing as well as them. I can lead worship if I have to, but when it comes to really singing, my voice is not up to par. And if I compared myself too much to Rochelle and Randy, I would think, God, thank you for blessing me, but why didn't you give me a voice like them? Why didn't you allow, give me the pipes, Lord. I'd love to be able to sing like that. And I've tried, I've gone to coaching for, for singing. I've, I've done everything I can, but I just, I don't have that gift. And it's amazing that Peter in this moment is having this powerful moment with Jesus. And immediately he tries to look at what John is doing. And in my generation, and perhaps all of us here to some degree, we wrestle with comparing ourselves and measuring ourselves by whoever happens to be next to us. Social media feeds this, uh, the, the, the news can feed this, sometimes just being around our neighbor feeds this. And at the end of the day, faithfulness means focusing on the race that God has called you to run and completely letting go of comparisons. Then right before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he was sitting with his disciples and in Acts 1 verse 4, he tells them, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. Number seven, sometimes faithfulness is simply waiting on God to do what only he can do. In this case, they were waiting on the gift of the Holy Spirit and it was counterintuitive. It seems like it's go time. It seems like it's, let's, let's execute this vision. But Jesus says, wait on the gift of the Holy Spirit. And for you, faithfulness might just be Psalm 4610. Be still and know that he is God. Then if you know the story, the Holy Spirit is poured out. They're filled with the Spirit. They start speaking in other tongues. A huge crowd gathers because they hear the disciples singing about the wonders of God in different languages. And there's thousands of people now. And guess who steps up to the plate in boldness? The same guy who failed Jesus just a little bit earlier now steps up in Acts 2.14. And it says he stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Imagine it. It's pandemonium. It's thousands of people. And he says, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. He goes on to preach the gospel. It's the first sermon like that. It's the birth of the church, and 3,000 people were saved. Number eight, sometimes faithfulness is seizing an opportunity with boldness 
and doing more than you ever thought you could do. Now, listen to me. I know it's a lot of content today, but for you, faithfulness might be stepping up in boldness right now. What opportunity has God placed before you? And what does it look like for you to step into that? We need you to use your gifts. Later on in the book of Acts, the church has been birthed. But up until this point, the gospel has only been for the Jews. So anyone who was not a Jew was called a Gentile. It's still called a Gentile. And at this point, the gospel had not gone out to them yet. So God had to correct that and let the gospel go out to all people. And in Acts 10, 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Number nine, sometimes faithfulness is allowing God to stretch who you think is allowed into the kingdom of God. So this applies to our current cultural moment quite a bit again. Human nature is to form into tribes, to draw lines, to divide ourselves. But faithfulness for us looks like remembering that the gospel of Jesus is for whosoever may come. Are you guys tracking with me? You need to focus on the person and not on whatever tribe they may self-identify with or whatever line they have to get to to talk, they have to cross over to talk to you. We as Jesus followers need to be faithful to the fact that we have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation and the people of our community and in our lives need us to share the good news. Are you guys tracking with me? It's important. It's a person standing in front of you, not a category right? It's a person standing in front of you, and God calls you to see the person, so it's whosoever may come. Perhaps faithfulness for you today is just remembering that. And then lastly, as Peter and the apostles kept on preaching Jesus, the Sanhedrin, which were the political and religious leaders of the day, started persecuting them and commanded them not to preach Jesus, And in Acts 5, verse 29, we have the reply of the apostles. They said, we must obey God rather than human beings. And then if you keep reading in Acts chapter 5, they were flogged before the Sanhedrin, all the disciples, just for preaching Jesus. And in verse 41, it says, they left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Number 10, sometimes faithfulness is being persecuted for following Jesus and then continuing to follow him. So I want you guys to hear me clearly on this. So far, our nation has never prohibited us from preaching Jesus. That day may come though, and I want you to hear my heart clearly. I will honor our government and leaders up to the point that they say we cannot preach Jesus or we must preach someone else. And if slash when that point ever comes, we will not obey and we will preach Jesus. You guys tracking with me? And it's important for us to understand that. I have multiple friends on the mission field all around the country in places where it's illegal to be a Christian. And we know nothing of that in our country. We face tiny little persecutions and we freak out about it. Uh, There are 12 people in Saudi Arabia that have come to faith just recently that a friend of mine has directly led to the Lord via online ministry. He lives in Saudi Arabia. I'm not even gonna say his name because we're broadcasting online. He's been a missionary over there his entire life, raised his kids there. And every one of these 12 believers who are now brand new Christians are literally getting physically beat up because of their new faith and they're being ostracized from their entire families, One lost his wife and his kids, and he's trying to figure out how to be faithful there just because he's naming the name of Jesus. 
And so we will follow suit and we will preach Jesus always. But let's not, let's not pretend like right now we have that kind of persecution because we don't. You guys with me? Let's, let, let's stay focused on the message. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters who are facing real persecution. But let's remember that as things get crazier and crazier in our nation and our world, we may be called upon to suffer in this way and hopefully we will be found faithful and rejoice that we were counted worthy to suffer for the name like the disciples. I'll never forget in middle school, I was listening to DC Talk. Any DC Talk fans in the house? Toby Mack lives right here in Franklin. I know some of you guys know him, but man, uh, I was trying to share about my faith in Jesus with a, a, a fellow middle schooler, a friend of mine, and he was not a Christian. He didn't understand it, and I was showing him Christian rap. It was in the early days of DC Talk. Um, Free at Last. You guys remember that album? And he said, what is this? Does the DC stand for dumb Christian talk? And I was like, dude, it hit me deep. I can laugh about it now, but in middle school, that's a big deal. And I was like, am I being persecuted for the name? In a very little way, I was. And let me encourage you kids. If, if, if someone in your school or in your life is not a Christian and they make fun of you for being a Christian, that's Okay. We're being counted worthy to to suffer in a little tiny way for the name of Jesus. But now we know it could get a lot more intense than that. And I just believe our church needs to understand, and I want us to be prepared for if slash when we're called to take a stand that costs us a lot more than that. We will be faithful to preach Jesus. We are staying faithful to our mission. This is the way we articulate it here, following Jesus and loving our neighbor for the good of the city. But it's just the same mission that all of us have here as followers of Jesus. It's a new kingdom. It's a new way of thinking. And it is worth our lives. And it transcends everything else going on in the world right now. Every nation, every political divide, any tribe, any people, any tongue. It is a new way of thinking. It is a new kingdom. He told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's stay focused on the mission. And if we face a little persecution for that, we rejoice. You guys with me on it? This is what God has called us to. He's called us to raise our kids in this way. I'm gonna close with this, a little grid that I use for myself to practically think about what faithfulness looks like for me right now. Number one is people. I ask this question, who am I with right now and how can I serve them? And that immediately makes me think of my wife, my kids. Then I go right to our church family. I think of my close circle of relationships. You can count on the fact that part of how God is calling you to be faithful is to love and serve and lay down your life for the people that are around you. Don't lose track of that assignment from the Lord. Number two, responsibilities. I ask myself, what am I doing right now? And how can I do it as under the Lord? Scripture teaches us that whatever we are doing, whatever our hand finds to do, do it as under the Lord. It is no longer a mundane thing. It is a sacred thing because we do it as worship unto God. So part of how you are being called to remain faithful is to do whatever you are doing as unto the Lord. Number three, opportunities. I ask myself what elements in my heart and circumstances in my life could be opportunities for growth, and for God's glory. Now, here's something I'm learning again that is so powerful. If I feel more out of control, which I do right now, or if I feel more uncertain, which I do right now, or if I feel weaker, which I do right now, it is a good thing because it forces me back into that reality that I never was in control. And my trust is in the only one who is in control. 
And I never was strong. I'm always weak, but I am strong in him to the point that I rely on him. And I never did have complete certainty in my life. It's always been uncertain, but I rely on the one who is uncertain. So if you feel out of control and weak and uncertain, good. It's an opportunity to trust in the one who is faithful. Number four, threats. I ask myself, what elements in my heart and circumstance could be a threat to me and those around me? Things like, is there bitterness in my heart? Is there unforgiveness? Is there anger? Some of us look at this year as a threat. (laughs) You know, they're like, this year has been one giant threat. You know, you guys know that I love talking about Bob Ross every now and then. You guys, the artist Bob Ross who had the afro and did the paintings, raise your hand if you know who I'm talking about, Bob Ross. I got a great gift this last Christmas of a Bob Ross bobblehead that every time you press it, a good Bob Ross-ism, he speaks it to you like, let's paint a happy little cloud right here. And it's not a mistake, it's a, or it's a, it's a happy accident. There are no mistakes. And I love it. I think there are so much truths about Bob Ross that, that we can understand about the kingdom of God. And one of the things he would do is he would paint a painting and he'd spend 20 minutes on it and it would look like it was done and beautiful. And then he would say, let's put a happy tree right here. And you put a huge tree right through the middle of it that first just looks like a big slash of brown paint and it looks terrible and it feels like a threat to the beautiful painting but you got to stick with them and eventually he develops that tree he adds the leaves he adds the texture he adds the shadowing and it becomes a beautiful addition to the landscape and it adds depth and perspective and sometimes for some well for for many of us probably 2020 And everything that it's brought with it feels like a big giant tree drawn through the middle of your beautiful landscape life. And it feels like a giant threat and it doesn't necessarily look good, but we have to remember that God is the master artist, way better than Bob Ross. And he can take what initially looks like a threat and continue developing it and using it, even things the enemy intends for evil, he can turn for good and for his glory. So what feels like ruins this year, what feels like a threat becomes an opportunity for beauty. Becomes an opportunity for him to be glorified. Becomes an opportunity for us to know him and trust him more. I'm going to ask Rochelle and Randy to come up. If you'll just pray with me in your heart, God, help us to think through how you're calling us to be faithful. Maybe there is a person in our life that we have not been faithful to. Help us to remember and to repent and be faithful to them, to serve them, to love them. It could be a parent or a kid or a friend or an enemy. God, if there are responsibilities in our life we're not being faithful to, we reflect right now. Help us to remember that we are called to do everything we do as unto you. God, if there are opportunities we're not seeing right now, remind us, let us see them. If there are threats, let us see those things. Let us, for, let us let go of what needs to be let go of and cling to you, Lord. And all the various ways that we saw faithfulness in the life of Peter, help us to just be more aware of our own selves right now. If we're sinking in the water like Peter, may we be faithful by crying out to you to save us. If we're filled with anger and we're holding a sword right now, help us to remember we, we can lay down the sword and y- your kingdom is not of this world. It's not gonna be won through battles with swords. It's gonna be won through the entrance of your kingdom. God, whatever it may be, may I be found faithful. And church, pray that in your own heart. May I be found faithful to Jesus. There is only one person we are living our life before and that is you, Lord.
there is one primary accountability. May we be reminded and may it be a sobering and beautiful reminder. And may I be found faithful to you, Jesus. And the good news is wherever I find myself right now, I can just cling back to you. I wanna be found faithful, Lord. And God, we pray as a church, may we be found faithful as a church. May we have the aroma of Christ in this world. May we faithfully proclaim the message of reconciliation to the world around us. May we faithfully take persecution when you're calling us to be persecuted. Even the things that can feel small and silly like getting made fun of can be a big deal to us. And may we faithfully take the persecution you would have us take. May, I, may we be like the disciples and rejoice that we are counted worthy. And God, may we as a church be ready for whatever is coming so that we may be found faithful. And we know for us to live as Christ and to die as gain, we do not even fear death itself. May we be faithful to you unto death. And we thank you for the new life you give us. We thank you for eternity. We thank you for the new heavens and the new earth. We thank you for the guaranteed outcome that we are headed towards. And if you don't know Jesus today, if you're watching online, if you're in the room, just pray with me. I put my faith in you, Jesus. It may be my first encounter with you, Jesus, and I wanna be like Peter and drop everything and follow you. I give my whole life to you. Maybe you're telling me, God, you wanna use my resource like you did with Peter. God, I repent of thinking all this stuff is mine. It's all yours. Use it however you wanna use it. Maybe you want us to change direction in the strategy of our life. God, we, we repent, we surrender, we give you everything. Change the direction of our lives every single day, Lord. If we can pray with you or walk with you, church, or anyone online, just email us, reach out. You can do it on this stream or you can find us at, on our website. We wanna walk with you. We wanna pray with you. We wanna equip you for the journey. That's what we're called to do. Let's sing this simple chorus, oh Lord, you're beautiful. And let's just make it our prayer as we close. You know, a good <clears throat> practical follow-up to today could be take a little sticky note, put it on your mirror at home <clears throat> and just let it say, may I be found faithful. And just think through it every day. I encourage you to even write it down. What does faithfulness look like for you right now? And let's walk in that. Don't forget next week, we have Heather Houlet. It's gonna be awesome. Can you guys hear me right now? I feel like I lost my, uh, am I okay on this mic? All right. I'm gonna pray this benediction over you. Thank you for joining us online. We're honored that you guys would worship with us. Again, if we can equip you or walk with you, or if you're a new father of Jesus, or if you need prayer, we have an awesome pastoral team, pastoral care team. We have retired ministers here that would just love to walk with you, talk with you, pray with you. Um, simply let myself know. You can let Pamela Legner know who's right there. Um, we wanna stay connected as a church family. Uh, the enemy wants to get us isolated and feeling alone. And so don't let that happen. Uh, reach out to us. Let me pray this benediction and we'll be dismissed. Go with confidence into the days ahead, trusting in God's unfailing love and faithfulness. God will not abandon you for you are the work of his hands, his own creation, and his love endures forever. So go enjoy to love and serve the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Have a great afternoon. See you later.